We are SUNY Amherst. We are New York's commuter powerhouse, and we have the parking lots to prove it. Where over 11% of our student population knows we have a basketball team. And nearly 23 full students attend games. Don't let our tired and phony marketing gimmicks fool you. We aren't just another boilerplate mid-level state school. For 175 years, SUNY Amherst has helped develop young men and women into notable adults, such as Harvey Weinstein and Judge Janine Pirro. SUNY Amherst. Void of culture. Void of soul. Episode 35 of SB Unfurled and Friends. Lil Bon X here with SB Unfurled. Unfortunately, I thought we'd be doing a little bit of a happier podcast after Thanksgiving in Charleston, but we had a little bit of a post-Turkey Day hangover loss to UNI, and it's uh, just kind of rough, but you know what? I don't think we were expecting an undefeated season. No, I... Of course, we weren't expecting an undefeated season. We wanted it. Yeah, for sure, but... (laughs) Um, this game though, I, it, it had a weird feeling like the second I walked into the, the arena area of the Riley center, it did have a weird feeling. I didn't know students were going to be gone. It's kind of quiet. Um, and it just felt like everyone was still fans included licking their wounds from the Charleston bender that many of us had. And yep. It was, it had all the makings, like looking back, it had all the makings of one of those. I don't even want to say a trap game because those are usually in between two, but just a hangover game. Like it, you just kind of felt it. The Riley Center wasn't super lively. Northern Iowa hadn't been playing up to their potential this year. And they have literally an NBA caliber shooter on their team, AJ Green, who was hurt last year. But I remember him from two years ago. A kid can just heat up and he's one of those players that comes in and just torches us it seems like every year every other year there's one of those teams that you don't see coming and they come in and they just go bananas from three it's happened with Davidson um a few other teams have done it in the Riley Center we we must have the best sight lines in the country yeah that's what it is everybody just waltzes in and just nails a bunch of threes it truly is just like a shooter's gym I don't um and we luckily we shoot in the gym too but like it, it felt like, <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely hasn't um, been quite streaky from three this year. Uh, we we played really well offensively that second half against Clemson, obviously, and then we'll, we'll get into the classic. But shooting wise, you felt like maybe we were starting to bounce back a little bit, and we did shoot the ball maybe as as well as we have all year against right. um, 
against UNI, but there's not much you can do when AJ Green comes in and just has a career day like like he had. I mean, there was just we I, I felt like we didn't defend like we usually do. We are going under screens, giving him way too much space, and once he sees one one go in, he's one of those players where uh, just a barrage of threes are coming. Um, and we used to do that to teams when we had like Marcus Green. You know, we were maybe barely a top 100 team, like I think you and I will end up being, and we would just go into gyms and Marcus Green would just one after another, after another, after another, and kind of shell-shock teams. That's yeah. what they did to us, and we just got punched punched right in the nose, um, and we looked like a deer in headlights coming out uh, in the second half as well. And, I mean, credit to credit to them. I, I When I was looking at UNI, have to be one of the only teams in the country. They had no transfers in, and I don't think any transfers out. So they have huh. a, 11 guys on their team that are returning. A couple of guys are like fifth-year seniors. Their coach has been there for 16 years. They're new guys. I think they have three new guys. A couple are freshmen. But yeah. all of those guys were in that system last year, and they have a good program. They're in a, a decent – they'll be in the top tier of a decent conference up there with Loyola and Drake. This is a team it, – it's – it might look like a bad loss now, but by the end of the year, I think this is a team that's really going to put it together. Yeah, and the Missouri Valley is kind of down a little bit with Drake, I know, having a rough time in the same tournament that Dayton was in. And Loyola is doing pretty well for themselves, but they aren't exactly the same team that they were last year. So there's potential for UNI to really get on a roll if A.J. Green continues what he did yeah. on Saturday because it was, it was you know, as frustrating as it was, I mean – some of those shots were were just completely guarded, and there's nothing you could do. It just no. the second he left, it left his hands. But I yep. think I think we saw signs of this happening in Charleston, and even with Canisius and Siena, but especially with Charleston too. Mm-hmm. Since we can kind of touch on that, since we haven't talked to everybody since then, we had a great trip down. I know you and I were able to uh, hang out for a little bit pregame. Um, you know. Hitting up some of the spots. What was the one place? Uh, Burns Alley. Burns Alley. Yeah, was, Burns uh, Alley was great. Was the place to be for some of the time. That was that was a pretty good place. <laughs> Bartenders were just uh, they they were like this is the most money I've I've made in a weekend <laughs> and I don't know how long. Like they they were exhausted, but they were loving it. I mean, Bonifans fans packed that place, and I know that I didn't get over to that beer garden place, but I know they had a good crowd. But Burns Alley was our spot. Um, took a break from their much needed break from their Saturday. Yeah, but, up, yeah, no, it, it was a good time. I hung out with our man Part, Captain Beer before the uh, Marquette game at uh, Bay Street. Yeah, and and one one of the games uh, afterwards, uh, after the late night after the uh, Boise State game. Yeah, Bay, Bay yeah. Street was pretty good too. But Burns Alley is more of a um, more of a Bonaventure type scene. I think. Yeah, it's more of a. It's more. Was, it's a. There are good dive bars and there are bad dive bars. That was a good dive bar. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> absolutely, and. I feel like the beer garden place a little too corporate for for me and my crowd. We we <laughs> tend to find like a hole in the wall. It's playing rock music and serving whiskey, and you know, there you go. Uh, we were yeah up up late Sunday dancing with Jim Barron, like oh, taking pictures. Nice. It was it was pretty cool. Um, but it, it, a different feeling, even when we were down at the half to Clemson. For some reason, maybe it was just the the beers and the weekend and feeling good, but. I at halftime I was like I think we can come back against this team. And okay, I didn't. 
against. I had, I had way more faith with us down nineteen against Northern Iowa than us I, down ten to Clemson. I don't I thought know we why. I don't know why it was, but I just didn't. I had a different like when we were down eighteen to eight to Siena. I was like, we're going to come back and win. We yeah, those were when we were down. Even we were down eleven to Canisius with like fifteen minutes left. I was like, this team can battle back. Definitely, I was definitely nervous as shit and thought our season was about to end there for a second. But I I think we just saw in the UN. I was going to say the UN game just had a different feeling for me. Right, but going back to Boise State and Clemson, I think we saw what eventually happened and what eventually you know what we deserved to have happened to us, which was to lose to Northern Iowa because of some of the lackadaisical plays that happened against Boise state. That wasn't as much of the scenario as we saw against, you know, Sienna Canisius and Clemson yeah. where we were down by a bunch in the first half, because it now seems like the trope is almost that the Bonnies will give you the best 15 minutes in college basketball in the country. And then the other 25 mm-hmm. will basically be like almost Duquesne level. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we saw that against both Boise State and Clemson because we did let two of their players go off and maybe yeah. it wasn't quite as bad as what we ended up having happen to us against uh, AJ Green and Northern Iowa because uh, Boise State had their one player Emmanuel Acott he had 24 points 6 of 9 a very nice three point uh, shooting percentage for him out of there and then in the second game, we had P.J. Hall for Clemson torch us as well. Yeah. And those two scenarios, it seems like P.J. Hall is more of a you know big guy, and so he was able to get Oshun outside and you know get separation from him on there. But it seems like when these teams have one score, that one score is able to get off, and that's exactly what A.J. Green did. Yeah, and I feel like that hasn't happened Last year, I don't think it happened. Whenever we would go in and the team had one go-to guy, I felt like we always had a really good game plan to contain them, let other people beat us. We did it against Davidson. We would do it against Rhode Island with like Fats Russell. We've done it against Duquesne when they have a go-to score. We we do it quite a bit, and we usually do a good job. I don't even think like when we lost to Dayton, that Crutcher played all that well. I think he might have fouled out, but um, this was different. This was like it was like the game plan was not what we're used to expecting or what we expected to see against green. Um, Because, you know, going in, that's the only way that they're going to beat us is if they go ape shit from, from deep. Uh, And even like before the game, I'm looking at old texts at 1130 AM. One of my friends texts me, I'm paranoid about them shooting the lights out. 47% of their shots come from deep in the RC is a notorious shooters gym. Yep. Totally correct. And I said, AJ Green is capable of going for 25, even against RD. I remember typing out, he's capable of going for 30. And then I like er- erased it. And I was like, well, he's not going to score 30. Not 30. Defense. And I just put 25. Um, he ended up going for 35. Uh, but I mean, that's, it, it was kind of, you felt like we were due to finally have one of those slow starts catch up to us. And they were due to break out of that slump because they are a good team. They have some bad losses early on, but they're going to figure it out. Very experienced, very so, well coached, good player. They're going to figure it out. The one common thread between Charleston at really for the whole season between, you know, the preseason or early season games, Charleston, and then now Northern Iowa, the one common thread is obviously that the first half for vast majority of the first halves, they play terribly. And then they don't, they don't play up to their standards. And then the second half, they have to, 
bust ass to try to recover and four times they did and one time they didn't so why do you think all these slow starts keep happening I don't know. You would think it would be the opposite. You would think that if you're only playing five guys most of the game, uh, they would get out to a hot start, and then maybe with 10 minutes left, they would start to get tired, and you would see their legs, and and they would miss assignments defensively. But it has been the opposite. We've gotten out to slow starts, even though these guys have played together for multiple years, and they're one of the most experienced teams in the country. Getting out to slow starts, using – all that energy to battle back, which is what we did against you and I. And then you, after battling back like that, you just didn't have the legs to finish off on the defensive end. So I don't know. It's weird. I, you would think it would be a different, uh, a flipped scenario almost. So I I'm, I'm really not sure. And it, it also kind of sucks because once it's that close or you're down and you're having to battle back, you're not, able to use your bench at all or no you you are able to but you don't like schmidt's not putting in anyone off the bench if we're down eight in the second half he's just rolling with those five guys and i mean there were plays late where it looked like our guy like ocean's got his hands on his knees he's grasped gasping for air guys aren't able to um get out to the perimeter to, to guard guard their shooters like it it you could definitely see it catching up to us with, you know, five, six minutes left against you and I. Not to mention you and I plays at a much higher tempo. They were coming off of a very close loss at Arkansas and Arkansas was ranked 10th in the country. No, no, Alabama was ranked 10th. Arkansas was in the top 15. I forgot what exactly mm-hmm. they were ranked, but Arkansas was just as highly ranked as we were. And they, at the end, I would have to look at what Arkansas's bench is, but I would guess Arkansas had fresher legs towards the end and pulled away. But it was a tie game with like five or so minutes left between Northern Iowa and Arkansas. And eventually Arkansas pulled away. So the problem is when you have to expend all that energy and you're trying to do the Golden State Warriors thing where your third quarter of the game is going to be, you know, absolutely on fire then you're going to have a little bit of a letdown. You're going to have a bit of a come down because you guys have just expended so much energy to come back from a 19 point deficit. And what felt like three minutes, I think it was like five minutes, but still that's ridiculous to come back from 19 down in five minutes, especially against a good with, with a team with a good shooter, like AJ green. And we went away from what we were doing that worked to get us back in the game. We were attacking the rim really well, like Lofton and Holmes especially even Attaway, we started attacking the rim. We were getting to the line. We were getting good looks inside. And what do you know? We came back and we tied the game um, on that awesome Attaway block and then dunk. And then we got away from that. And it felt like once we tied it and we didn't take the lead, but they came back and answered and hit a three or two of their own, we, for some reason, thought we had to start matching by shooting threes again. And that got us out of what was working for us um and it wasn't enough to come back from that ridiculous middle eight minutes the last four minutes of the first half the first four minutes of the second half that middle eight minutes for northern iowa they were 11 of 15 and hit seven threes and they went on a 25 to 3 run right just in that middle eight minutes so going into the half bad coming out of the half bad you just could not make up for it and, and almost when, all those points were AJ Green too, and it was every. Yeah. It, it felt like almost every player tried to guard him. Lofton mm-hmm. was on him quite a bit. 
Welch was on him. Even at the end of the half, Oshun tried to close out on him, and still he nailed a three. And it was just, I think, I really hope Northern Iowa takes off this year because I really feel like that was was just an out-of-this-world shooting performance. And yeah. like we said before, that loss is going to age well, hopefully. Yeah, but like even when Green wasn't hitting for stretches um, in the second half, they always had a guy step up like that Fife, the big, the big dude inside, yep. just your prototypical, huge, burly Missouri Valley conference, strong, big man. Um, who's not going to make anything easy inside. Certainly didn't for Oshun. He would always step up. He had a couple threes. He had 15 points. That Heist guy had 15. Um, he was also four or five. Both of them were four or five from two. So every time, even if green wasn't hitting one of their other guys stepped up and, you know, you felt like that hasn't happened before. Like maybe if one guy was going off for Sienna or Canisius or Clemson, um, like you said, Hall was going off for Clemson. No one else really stepped up the way that Northern Iowa did as a team. So they had, they just came in with a really good game plan. They have experienced guys, um, really good, well-coached team. And you're coming in and you're coming to St. Bonaventure to play a top 16 team in the country. You're going to give it your best shot. You know, this isn't, uh, this isn't a game that they are going to sleepwalk for. And unfortunately, for most of the game, it looked like we just were still hung over for, for, from Charleston. Yeah, that's true. Do you think, do you think Quadri Adams would have made a difference? Because I say this because the only real substitute we had was Linton Brown. And we know that Linton Brown has not been the most reliable on defense. And Quadri Adams, to me, in this early part of the season, He's felt like a little bit of an Idris Takee kind of player where he has kind of the length to kind of disrupt some of the shooters. Do you think even just for a few minutes to give some of the um, guys like, I mean, Holmes played 40, Welch played 37, Attaway 37, do you think he could have kind of maybe prevented that middle to end of the first half um that, that situation where A.J. Green just started to catch fire and then he couldn't miss, do you think Quadri could have helped at all? Uh, see, before the season, I said Adams is going to come in, and even if he doesn't provide anything offensively, he can be a guy to come in and be a defensive stopper, and he can stop the other team's best player. I saw him defending Holmes and Welch in practice, and even on those, like, high-end A-10 guys, he does a really, really good job. Um, and I thought if there's any scenario where he could help, these would be the ones where Welch or Holmes need a little bit of a rest or, or Lofton needs a bit of a rest. He can come in and not be counted on to score, but just to shut down um, the other team's best guard because he's very good perimeter defensive defensively on the perimeter. Um, so if there's any situation where Adams could have come in and helped, I feel like this would have been it. The problem is he wouldn't have been in the game. Like, especially usually coming out of the second half, unless it's a scenario against, um, what was it, Canisius, where Oshun was hurt, came out, yeah. Kulabali started the second half. Schmidt's starting the five guys to start the second half. Right, yeah. I usually, wouldn't have expected Quadra yeah. to play in the second half. I mean, normally but, it seems like if we're going to roll forward with the, the the Iron Five, the new Iron Five, like they're going to stay in for basically the whole second yeah. half. But I'm just saying, 
it seemed like AJ Green started heating up right around that six to seven minute mark, and that's kind of the time when when Quadri would play. Well, he scored seventeen points in the last three minutes of the first half. Yeah, exactly. So uh, usually, unless there's foul trouble, even then the rotations are back to the starters. But um, I, I just don't think I don't think Schmidt's pulling any of those five guys to put in Adams at that point to guard. You got to. I just, he's hearing not, about this. We keep hearing about, he's oh, we have going, a deeper bench, but he's just not going to do it though. Like could, could Quadri have helped? Yes. But even if he was healthy, like Schmidt wasn't going to take Holmes out or Welch out to put Adams in to guard green. Cause then it's just like, I don't, it, he, he's not necessarily saying this and we know he wouldn't mean it, but, he might be like in the player's eyes, oh, I don't trust you to guard this guy. I'm taking you out. And then, and then you're left with one of the five starters, maybe getting in a, a, a mental slump or something too. I, and I get it. This is high level division one basketball, right. but he's just not taking any of these guys out for, for that. Oh, I know we've, we've, we've talked about all these bench <laughs> things for so long. And, and, yeah. I know I'm, you're, I'm having you speak for Schmidt basically right now, but it's like Quadri played at Wake Forest. Koulibaly played at Pitt. These guys should be able to like do something. I, mean, I don't really know what Koulibaly would have done on, on Saturday, but. But those two I, teams aren't even good. So it's like, no. if, you, if in Quadri didn't really play into the last few games of the season. No. So if you're not playing at Wake Forest or, or Pitt, like, Pitt, it's horrible. Oh my god, it's really Pitt is bad. So bad. They're really bad. So if he's not playing there, why, why do we think that he's going to get a lot of minutes right off the bat on this roster? Maybe right. like next year and going forward, yes. But on this roster, it's a you know, it's a top thirty, top thirty-five team in the country, no matter where you look. Um, so I are, could there have been answers? Yes. Would we have used those answers? No. Like we wouldn't well, have. And. <laughs> I just can't believe we gave up 90 points, but that's the type of performance that's going to take to beat this team, to be, to be perfectly honest. Like, yeah, it's, we have too many good players. We're too balanced to not find the hot hand last game. It was finally Welch, which is good to see him, him start hitting some threes, but it's going to take a career day on some of these like middle of the road teams to beat us. And not many teams in the a 10, have a guy like AJ Green that can, you know, they, there are guys who can heat up. You remember like a Tavian Dunn Martin type guy who would heat up or a Fats Russell, but then they would end up shooting you out of the game too. Um, yeah. Northern Iowa had it where they have a guy like that who can, who can score in bunches and give you a big lead, but then they are very well coached and have a good supporting cast, a smart supporting cast of experienced guys who aren't going to end up shooting you out of the game. They're just going to keep playing their consistent, consistent pace. Let's get to the positives because we've had a lot of negativity, I think from the Northern Iowa and even kind of dissecting some of the the bad stuff that happened in Charleston. But I think we saw what this team is capable of against Marquette. I mean, we were up by what was our largest lead against Marquette. Let me see. What did it say? We were up 70 to 43 until we, you know, Mm -hmm. basically pulled the starters at the end. It's what Shaka was not happy about. <laughs> Shaka was upset about that. <laughs> but yeah. I I guess uh, how do we how do we take what we saw against Marquette and and be able to bottle that for 40 minutes because we've I've seen plenty of national reporters and other people say that second half St. Bonaventure is 
on it. They've, they've said something like, oh, same, second half St. Bonaventure might be the best team in the country. Yeah. I forgot who I saw tweet that. And it's like they're they're expecting us to be like Duke and Gonzaga in the second half. But in the first half, if we're playing like Duquesne, then, mm-hmm. you know, what's the what's the good? What good is it? Because that, that Marquette team, they've ha- they have some really good wins on their resume. They beat Illinois. They beat West Virginia down there. They also beat Ole Miss. Who, uh, Ole Miss is all right. But what, really the West Virginia and Illinois wins are their – two huge uh two huge wins so yeah that's that was a really good team we dismantled absolutely dismantled so how, how do they get to do that for for more than this this 15 minute situation that we keep seeing it helps when you're making shots um but even in but the we only shot we only shot even, two of 17 that's three. what i was just gonna say even in okay. the marquette game we only went two of 17 so looking back we hit 12 threes against Northern Iowa, and that's a game we're so upset about, and only two threes against Marquette, and that's a game that you know was probably our, our maybe not our best metric win of the year, but our biggest win of the year in that it brought us a championship, and we you know capitalized on that entire trip. So like we shoot well and we give up 90, but then we shoot poorly and we we only give up I mean, however many Marquette scored, certainly. It was 54. It, it was in the forties when it seemed like the game was really in hand. Yeah. Um, but we were just, we were really playing on another level defensively, especially on the perimeter against their guards. And Marquette's still a really inexperienced team. One of the least experienced teams in the whole country. They're very, very young, um, but they have some good players. A lot like Dayton kind of very young, very inexperienced, but good players. Um, uh, a, a youngest coach who likes to play, up tempo, turn you over a little bit. Um, but when Marquette came out, their game plan, the way they can win is to turn you over and make you make mistakes. It's like the old VCU teams. Um, the current VCU team too. They, they win by turning you over, getting into passing lanes, scoring in transition, making you make mistakes. But when you have Lofton and Holmes, these guys super experienced, 23 years old, 22 years old, not going to get rattled in this situation. They don't turn it over much. They know what to do. They played together. They know where guys are. So when Marquette came out with their game plan and we just immediately blew it up and said, yeah, you're not going to be able to press us because it's going to lead to just two two points in the by way of an Oshun two-handed thunder dunk every time. So we just took them out of their game plan completely. Uh, didn't allow them to score like they normally score or turn you over. And then our defense on the perimeter, I don't think their their guards even had a field goal. So uh, it, it Tyler, was really – Our good friend Tyler Kolek from formerly yeah. from George Mason was shut out completely. Yeah. And he is somebody who kind of seems like a, a poor man's version of A.J. Green, which is why the whole mm-hmm. UNI thing is a little surprising because Tyler Kolek has had a pretty good season beyond our game. Yeah. So, I mean, it really just comes down to us taking Marquette out of their game plan, not letting them do what they want to do, and us controlling the pace. Um, Marquette speeds it up. They like playing at a fast pace. And we actually look like we could play at either pace, and they can't, um, or they at least couldn't that night. And it was the opposite for Northern Iowa. It felt like they were running their game plan, and we were playing – on on their level you know right. like we were playing at their pace it within their game plan and that didn't work for us and still i mean the the other thing uh oh i don't think ocean's been at 100 percent since game one 
I really don't. Probably he just, not. He looks. He he doesn't look as like like we're used to seeing him. A little a half step slow, um, on on certain rebounds, certain defensive assignments. He looks like he's laboring a little bit. He's a little tired. Um, I still don't think this starting five has been together at a hundred percent yet this year. So let's let's certainly hope that this week we remain healthy against Coppin State. We are able to play some of these bench guys a lot of minutes because yes. Coppin State's very bad. Because that's also a difference. You know, he he looked good against Marquette, but not so much. Like he he kind of looked like he was playing at. 60-70% against uh, UNI. Yeah, and even against Clemson because that's how P.J. Hall for Clemson really got going because that yeah. was Oshun's assignment and Oshun was not able to close out since he's he's kind of a, I don't know if he's a stretch four or stretch five, whatever you would call him, mm-hmm. but he definitely spaces out the floor and keeps Oshun outside. Yeah. So I think we need to see what, what you said, much more of the bench against Coppin State. I really don't even want to dissect Coppin State because they are just so abysmal. They are one of these teams that just travels the country and just gets paychecks to get their yeah. brains beaten in by yep. bigger schools. They got <laughs> killed by UConn. I remember hearing about that. Loyola mm-hmm. Chicago. Loyola Chicago started the season beating them 103 to 45. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. Hey, and those... hey. Oh wait. Well, Coppin State only beat Kanish or only lost to Kanishas by one up at the uh, yeah okay at the golden at the Golden Graham Center or yeah. whatever they call that place. <laughs> well, it'll be a good man. Loyola Chicago really kicked the shit out of them. One hundred and one hundred three to forty five. But either way, like <laughs> those are our peers this year: Connecticut, Loyola, Chicago. Honestly. The way the metrics have it, they have us winning by what twenty five. So not only do you got to win this game, but you you kind of gotta if you want to keep pace with some of these other teams within the metrics, you gotta you unfortunately have to blow them out. Yeah, you know, um, not gonna feel great if this is under twenty. To be honest, you sh- you should beat this team by twenty five thirty points. Um, but can you do that and also get a lot of minutes from your bench and get your starters rest? I don't know. I mean, I would um, hope so if we keep talking about, oh, we actually have more depth than last year. Well, if these guys are really as good as some people are saying, um, yeah, beat the crap out of Coppin State even with the bench because uh, the only person on Coppin State I would be afraid of on the court would be their head coach, Juan Dixon. Yeah, Maryland <laughs> former legend. Maryland, t- Former Terp- Terrapin's great, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was surprised. I forgot he coached them. But their their only win is against our next cupcake next Wednesday against Loyola, Maryland. So, like, looking at this schedule as a whole, and we, we haven't even got into the fact that losing to Northern Iowa just dropped us completely out of the top 25. Um, One which, top 25. I Yeah. <laughs> even though I've never cared for the coaches poll, I think I've always, I think I actually can uh, get behind the coaches poll yeah. now because they got us at 25 still. <laughs> and the AP, the AP poll is a lot of what have you done for me lately? Like the Seth yeah. Davises of the world, I think it was put Dayton above Bana's and his, like just because, oh, just because of their weekend, but they've had three really bad losses. We've had one bad loss. Um, which will end up probably being a quad three loss like Dayton was last year. But um, just looking in general at the rest of the out of conference, which we'll have time to get into on the next couple of podcasts too, but you got to beat 
the Coppin States and Loyola's of the world going away, like by 25 points. Got to take care of business against SUNY Amherst. And then on the road against Northeastern, which I could see being another problematic game, a weird weekday game at noon. You're on the road. It's before Christmas. Like it has all the hallmarks of one of those games. Like we just saw there last time. Yep. So you got to take care of business in those four. And you got to at least split with UConn and Virginia Tech. And then if you do that, and you're what would that be 10 and two? It's mm-hmm. a very, very successful non league slate. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, I, I would think so. Yeah, I, I think the Charleston win or the Charleston championship, whatever you want to call it, I think that did buy us a little bit of credit. Yeah. And I've seen some people who were advocating for us to be as high as I believe, I think I saw somebody vote for us even 19th still. Mm-hmm. I that bought a lot of credibility with people where. If we prove by dismantling Coppin State and controlling SUNY Amherst and dismantling Loyola and then splitting with the two neutral, the big neutral games coming up, I think people will be able to brush aside that Northern Iowa loss and say, hey, look, A.J. Green, this dude who was coming off an injury, best player in the Missouri Valley, just drilled them for 35. What are you going to do about that? But – I guess with Coppin State, I really want to see what Linton Brown and Quadri Adams can do because I really think we're going to need those guys if we're going to keep playing so long into these second halves without using the bench. I think these guys are going to have to step up and have eight to ten minutes in a first half and really contribute. And right now, I'm a little more, I'm a little higher on Quadri Adams because of his overall game, but I do think Linton Brown has um, has a better offensive mm-hmm. uh, chance of you know actually taking over, like how we saw Alejandro Vasquez come in and maybe hit a couple threes and have ten points in like eight minutes or something. Yeah, yeah, I know. Either both of them should play. Like let let both of them play a bit, and whoever wins, honestly, in a, on a normal rotation in college hoops you would have both of them playing 10 to 15 minutes a game probably um and then kula bali playing 10 15 minutes because ocean should not be playing 38 minutes a game sorry like and, and i get it i'm second guessing the best coach in bona <laughs> history right now and it probably sounds stupid in the but... country <laughs> yeah in ex- basketball history basketball take his- that hour back yeah. <laughs> yes but like Oshun at 6'10", the big man who has been injury prone, is playing yet again 38 minutes a game. Like, Koulibaly can't give us more than two minutes a game. I get that we're down and we're losing and you risk, you know, maybe knocking us out completely of any chance to come back in a game. But I feel like, especially in the first half, like these guys got to be able to give us more than eight total minutes of like bench minutes. That's, it's, 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 Worse than what it was last year against Northern Iowa, like that eight eight minutes out of two hundred total minutes from our bench. Right, it's going to be more necessary in, in a ten play when we start. I know, I know they got through Charleston with you know three games in four days, and yeah, you can get some kind of you can get through the two the second game and then get a, one night off, and then adrenaline can kick in when you start you know shooting well against Marquette. But I think when you go through a month of 
games every three days mm-hmm. you're on top of classes and travel and everything yeah. it's gonna weigh on these guys and yeah. we haven't even really seen too many bad instances of foul trouble beyond one game where Attaway got two and one game when Holmes got two we haven't really had the foul trouble situation really yeah have a, a huge impact on the season so far and knowing college basketball that's obviously going to be happening at some point and the other thing is these guys on the bench it's tough to expect them to come in and play well or at least shoot well. You can always defend well if you're a good defender and put in effort, but it's tough to to imagine them coming in and just shooting well when they don't play, they're not in the flow of the game, they're not in the rhythm of the offense. And in the back of their mind, it's kind of like, if I miss a shot, I might get pulled. Like that's not inspiring confidence in your bench players, your shooters. Um it reminds me of like, remember Eric mostly how awesome he was off the bench for us yes. for a while. Just a, oh, South he would side. heat Love up, it. It just he, but he had the confidence, and I felt like Vasquez also had that confidence. But yeah, these guys got to be in the rhythm of the game too if they're going to make an impact. It's tough to put them in for a minute here, a minute there, and expect them to come in and make any any sort of impact offensively. Um, so, really, I thought. You know, Brown looked good in the exhibition game, maybe against Coppin and against Loyola. These guys can come in and get not only themselves confidence, but give Schmidt a little confidence and trust and to let them I'm not saying they got to play 20 minutes a game, but you need more than eight minutes from your bench. Um, yeah. And once we do start peaking in February, our, our rotations are figured out. But then once once March hits, it seems like our guys are cooked and gassed like uh Stockard and Adams and Posley and Mobley like those guys were gassed come March and like I get the season is where you build your resume but we're working toward that mid-March to right. late March run and these guys by then if this is how it's gonna go are they gonna stay healthy are they I mean it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a long few months if for these guys if they have to play 95% of the minutes out there. Yeah, and hopefully we can get it figured out at least against Coppin first. But let's get to your least – what did you say to me before we started recording? Your least favorite, your, the team you hate the most in the world? I think, yes. I, I think <laughs> SUNY Amherst is my most hated team. Um, please, please, for people who aren't familiar, tell us why. I just they're, – they're, they're just the worst. Their fans are the worst. <laughs> Their program's awful. Um, the, fans, awful, the few fans that they do have awful in a sense that like they rely on gimmicks. Um, they do the blue collar gimmick bullshit. Um, <laughs> their fans think they're like some new big wet, like Western New York's college basketball team. Um, New York's powerhouse. Remember that their their fans are. <laughs> yeah. The, New York's public powerhouse. Like, oh, Syracuse did. A few years back, like New York, New York State School or whatever, and then New York's college SUNY team. Amherst couldn't possibly let that happen, and they had to do New York's public powerhouse. Like, who are you and against in that? Remember, like, Albany, remember their logo. Remember their logo turned into like the State University, yeah. and then big letters oh. New York, and then it was like Buffalo. on their on <laughs> their <laughs> chest, on their basketball jerseys, on their chest, it just said New York in big letters, and you're like, what? It looked like a like if the someone did a bad 
jersey swap to put the Giants on the New York Giants on like a basketball jersey. That's what <laughs> it looked like. It was so bad. And then on the court, it just said New York. But like they just are trying to be something they're not. They're I don't I can't even put into <laughs> I can't even put into words how much I hate them. Um, and their fans are sort of around when they're like ranked that one year they were ranked. They like all of a sudden were pumping their chest out saying they're this great program. Um, <laughs> they're even their athletic department. Like I, I, I fully believe it's completely on purpose that they're putting out a completely wrong series history. Cause we, oh, won yes. like seven out of 11 all time against them. And they said like, it's a close series with St. Bonaventure having a slight edge of like six to five. And it's like, no, we've won like seven out of 11 games against you guys. <laughs> where are you getting, where are you getting? I, I even looked at like, were they looking at the women's basketball history or something? Nope. Just making it up, completely making it up. Um, Doing some and, great things with that SUNY. No, and SUNY no, one, no one in their program is going to bat an eye or even look at it because they don't <laughs> care about basketball or especially college basketball. They'll show up when the team is good and talk about how they go to more tournaments than the Bonnies because they're winning a one big one bid league. They right. still have zero at large bids. Um, and they think that the measuring stick is not um wins and losses. It's not your conference, it's not your conference titles, it's not how many players you put in the NBA, it's not your Ken Palm ranking, it's not your net. The only measuring stick, because they're dumbasses and they have no grasp of college basketball <laughs> at large, they have no clue what the college basketball landscape actually looks like. Their only measuring stick is, how many how many tournaments have you been to? And that's it. And they don't care how you got there. They don't care that it's way more difficult to get an at-large bid, as the Bonnies do, than to just win a one-bid league tournament over like Kent State. They have, it's just, they just have no grasp of college basketball, no grasp of the landscape. They think they're like this Western New York rising basketball school and they're not And their gym sucks and their school sucks and they're depressing. And I just yeah. hate them. Oh, I hate them that so campus much. is ridiculous. And they have some of the biggest squids on Twitter. I, I know every now and then I'll, I'll get, yeah. I'll get one of them in the mentions. They're, oh, and, they're the worst. Oh, oh my <laughs> God. Just the worst. Like even last year they're, they're tweeting like, memes about the bond like the nc this is how the ncaa selection committee looks at the bonnies and it's like you guys have never gotten an at-large bid what are you talking about we yeah. just got like a nine seed which hopefully we can improve on this year but just there it's just their fan base in general <laughs> it's just the worst and ever since like nate the nate oats years i've just oh uh, that that mother oh that oh that's why i still hope yeah. if we ever play alabama <laughs> In the uh, NCAA tournament, oh my god, that's gonna be, that's gonna be fun mm-hmm. to you know, get that bastard back in our lives, right? <laughs> just like, just like yeah. it's gonna be when Dan Hurley comes back in our lives next week. But yeah. getting back, but getting on the, I court, never minded. I'm, I never minded Reggie Witherspoon. Like I, I right. like him. He's cool. He's fine. I hope he's at Canisius for for however many more years, whatever. But ever since they took that turn to like that whatever that turn was like 10 years ago or whenever it was just, they have every year I've started to hate them a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And I know (laughs) I should be rooting for them in games to help our strength of schedule or whatever. No, I just can't do it. I cannot (laughs) do it. And they're, they're just, uh, but 
I hate like Duquesne. I don't like. There are some A10 teams. I, See, I'm you know, I'm that way like with Duquesne. VCU, but I'm that way. Duquesne is they, my my SUNY Amherst. For, but they are you. our A10 brethren, and they are they are like no. an old rival. And they we have been playing them for years and years and years. We've been playing Duquesne for like a hundred years. They used to have great teams in like the 70s. Big games with them way back in the day, and I get it. Like I, their yeah. fans aren't around now anymore, but at least they don't act like they're way better than they are. SUNY, like, SUNY like Amherst SUNY is what Anderson. we SUNY Amherst is what we in the in the soccer world call a plastic team. They're very plastic. They yeah. they show up whenever they are, are good. But let's get let's get on the court because we didn't play them last year, but two years ago we had a tough close loss up at the. What did you call it? The airport hangar or whatever? The the cavernous? Yeah, it's a cavernous shithole of an arena. <laughs> of the alumni arena there. They have most of the same guys still there, at least on the on the uh, among their stars. They have Ron- Ronaldo Segu. They have mm-hmm. Jonathan Williams, two mm-hmm. couple of really good guards there. Josh Mbala. I know he gave Oshun a little bit of trouble, even as an undersized big man at 6'7". Yeah, another familiar face is actually going to be for the wonderful SUNY Amherst Bulls in Maceo Jack, former George Washington Colonial. He is a starter on on their team now. Mm-hmm. Williamsville, New York native, I believe. Didn't his mom coach like the women's team there or something? Maybe, Maybe. I don't know. Uh, from, I do remember he's from, hearing he's from Williamsville. Yeah, he's from Buffalo, he's from- and he's. Okay, like he was an average A10 player. No. He's, he's whatever. Yeah. I'm not worried about him. Uh, Jonathan Williams been playing very well. He had one game that maybe is is skewing his season stats still, where he went off completely for like 30-some points. Uh, who was it against? Was it against – I think it was against Michigan, wasn't it, in that Michigan game? They played Michigan pretty huh, I closely. Don't think, I don't think it was that one. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So against Michigan, the number two, thirty-two, number okay, two, Kenton team had thirty-two points, twelve of seventeen from the field against them. It's just a ridiculous game. Um, but he is he is very good. Uh, and then Segu is is a good point guard too. They got good players, um, and they're a solid team. I think they're be- a better team than Northern Iowa, but I don't think they have like the consistency and the offensive firepower because even Jonathan Williams isn't a very good three-point shooter I don't like Segu is good from deep but I think we match up a little bit better with them um and I know that our guys remember very well that game in that shithole cavernous airport (laughs) hangar of an arena where like Oshun had some Bad, bad, bad foul calls. Oh yeah, foul him out. Lofton went for like thirty, but when Ocean fouled out, their players were like waving to him from the bench, making it a big scene, being pretty unsportsmanlike as they do there. Um, and I, I, our guys just haven't, definitely have not forgot that. Um, and it is going to be the Riley Center is going to be buzzing. It's going to be uh it's going to be a bees hive. Nice. It's going to be, it's already sold out. Um, students are going to be crazy and it'll, it'll be, uh, I think it'll be the best atmosphere for the whole, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's going to be the best atmosphere in the Riley Center all season. Really? Even better yeah. than VCU or St. Well, that's true. Yeah. There's not going to be just any cause students. The student, just because the students aren't going to be, I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be the best <sighs> atmosphere in the Riley Center all year. Man, um, oh. Yeah, I hope, and, not. <laughs> I hope not. I hope we get well, some better ones for A ten play. 
it, normally we would, but just how the schedule's shaking out, I'm not sure yeah. what 80, what 80s weekend is. That could be good, and alumni weekend will be good. Duquesne. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Those would be good, but I think this, I think this is gonna, it's gonna be right up there with those, if not the best. I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. I really want to see what Oshun can do in this matchup because he does have a size advantage against Mbala, and. David Skogman is their main center, and he's not nearly as talented as Oshun. Oshun, if he has any, if he has any NBA aspirations, he should be able to manhandle somebody like Skogman. Yeah, and I really think that's where it's going to be won because I think Attaway can pull out Mbala if Mbala is going to be guarding him, mm-hmm. and I think Oshun definitely has the mismatch because. Maceo Jack and Welch are both kind of streaky shooters. I think Holmes and Jonathan Williams are relatively similar, and Lofton can I think is a little better than Segu. I I really think it's going to be down low. I think Oshun and even Attaway are going to have to uh, get this one for us. Which SUNY Amherst player was it that stabbed uh, Yako Fritz in that uh, scrimmage last year? <laughs> no, it was Scott Hitchin, wasn't it, from Canisius? I I, th- I think so. I got to look this up. I vaguely Do you remember, remember that? This. He's probably yeah, not. Yeah. He probably got arrested and is not on a team anymore, but he might still be on a team. I'm trying to remember who. Because Malik during, Zachary. During COVID. Malik Zachary. Teams weren't supposed <laughs> to scrimmage. And this was a big, like, because, you know, you're supposed to stay with your own team. It's close contact with other, like, this was not a sanctioned scrimmage. There wasn't refs. This was kind of like a pickup scrimmage game, and SUNY Amherst scrimmaged Canisius. Yep. Not sure when it was. I think it was last October, November. It was it was last September. Actually, September. September 11, 2020 was the 2020. article here on ESPN. Right, correct. Up and in one North, of the, up in North Tonawanda. Yeah, uh, one of the in SUNY, a church gym. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, very very Christian of these young <laughs> men. One of the SUNY Amherst players just stabbed. Uh, I believe it was Scott Hitchin from Canisius, the big white dude who has the tattoos on his arm. I don't. He got don't, stabbed by a student. That, that may or may not be officially reported or anything. I just see Malik Zachary. <laughs> was it him? Is he still on the team? Oh, I Malik don't know. Zachary. I don't, I don't know if he's still. In, I don't know if he's in jail or not. <laughs> it doesn't look like. Yeah, it looks like he may have gotten. He got left off the the roster this year. But they do have also Ty Perry from Fordham. I remember him. Um, but other than like Jonathan Williams, Sagu, and Mbala, not really too worried about any of the other guys. Um, and I agree with you, like that Mbala matchup should I feel like he's one of those big, burly six seven, six eight bulldogs down low, like the Moelle Coxes, like um who who else has there been? And uh, like uh Hassan French type yeah. player, one of those big strong guys down low. Um so we'll we'll see if Oshun looks a little more healthy. I think we'll I'll, we'll know a lot more about him. Hopefully against Coppin State, we'll see how he's moving. But he just hasn't really looked a hundred percent yet. So hopefully he gets back up to uh, back up to game speed and where he was at the end of last year. Because he there's no bigger difference maker in the A10. I don't think than Oshun when he is healthy. Because oh, even totally. if he's not getting blocks, like there are just shots at the rim that you see guys are just trying to get it over him and he's altering everything at the rim. Well, people don't even um, go to the rim when he's yeah, in the game. Right. So that's, 
that's why it's important to have him at least in there. So yep. that changes their offense. They they don't cut to the rim. They don't try to do the same kind of backdoor cuts and slashing that is kind of paramount to our offense. So that really does change the entire flow. It does. Um, and that's that was the issue with Northern Iowa. Like they came in, almost half of their points came from threes. So you knew that's kind of what they were going to do, which is why it was weird to see us like not get over on screens and be slow to slow to the perimeter on a lot of those shots. Um, but UB SUNY Amherst, sorry, they're uh, pretty sorry, pretty good three point shooting team, seventieth in the country. Thirty two percent of their points come from threes, which isn't anything close to where Northern Iowa was. So they spread it out a little more. They're not so centric around one guy on the perimeter, I don't think. Um, but I feel like this is, like I said, a little bit of a better matchup for us. So um, we'll see. I mean, let's just stay healthy against Coppin State, blow them out, and I'll feel a little bit better about this. Yeah, they need to get one more back in the system as much as yeah. it's been tough to like see what has happened with the Northern Iowa loss. I think they just need to get one more in, and then when it comes to this SUNY Amherst game, it's going to be tricky, but I think they can do it. And I really, I just think that they'll be able to get by on both because I, I think they'll see that now they finally been burned by. I don't, I don't want to say I hate saying like some people I've seen have talked about laziness. I don't want to attribute it to that. I think it's just sometimes complacency and understanding that they may have the talent advantage, but that doesn't mean you're going to win because college basketball is nonsense as we saw yeah. Dayton beat Kansas, which made no sense. <laughs> yeah. After losing to Austin PA P and whoever else they lost Austin to B Austin P Lipscomb and yeah. my dark horse for the NCAA tournament this year, UMass Lowell. Let's go oh, over Hawks. Yeah, there you go. The flagship. Hey, they're two, yeah. they're two and one in a 10 play. I'm pretty sure they may have more wins in a 10 play than LaSalle or GW might yeah. have. <laughs> yeah, and I, mean, I didn't we, say Fordham. Fordham's not Fordham's looking all right compared yeah. to the two. <laughs> well, it's compared to what they usually are, but I know, right? Um, yeah. I know. I guess bottom line is shouldn't have lost that game, but it's it's kind of nonsense for us to drop completely out of the top twenty-five. That's what happens when you're St. Bonaventure. Yeah. I feel like, um, yeah, Arkansas what, wouldn't have wouldn't have fallen nearly as no, much if they had lost to Northern Iowa. No, same it's, it's, same loss. Different, different yeah. uniforms. Moving the goalposts, what matters and what doesn't matter changes based on what team you are ranking for a lot of these these voters. And but rankings ultimately don't matter. It's the resume, and no, and that's one, why it's like don't the get resume, over. Though, like no one in March is going to be looking back at Northern Iowa, the Northern Iowa game, and saying, "Well, AJ, AJ Green went for thirty five against them on nine of 15. They're not going to look into no. it that much. They're not going to be pulling up a box score from November to see unless, what happened. Uh, unless Northern Iowa turns out to be like seventeen and one or something ridiculous. Yeah, in the Missouri Valley, which I don't think they'll be that good. Well, uh, they can definitely so. be, they can beat a lot of teams, and they're going to be upper tier of the MVC. I think they'll be like top two or three by the end of it. But even so, like. They're just going to be a name on the paper for these for for the AP voters, especially, but also even for the selection committee. It's a, a team name on a paper. It's going to be in red or it's going to be in green. And they're not going to be clicking on box scores from November nope. to see why we lost. It's just a loss. So at this point, 
all you can do is hope that they um, really pull it together like I think they can and that they stay healthy and that they roll through the MVC. Um, and they, I think they do have a couple decent games coming up as well. They actually play Richmond. Against, they play Richmond. Um, Missouri State's Ooh, not uh, bad. I but mean, depend on, that's a, oh, that's depending on your fine. definition of, of decent, they play Richmond on Sunday. And Richmond's been... Eh, so they don't play any, <laughs> I guess they don't play any. Rich, that's a whole other issue because we do have to get these good yeah. wins that we can at a conference because the A-10... Oh, the A-10 is a, uh, I, uh, is a tire fire. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, because they have already played Arkansas. I was thinking Marshall and Liberty were, were a little bit better than they yeah. are, I guess. But they're, yeah. um, Marshall's on the road, so that could be interesting yeah. for them. But I think overall, yeah, we got to get two wins this week. We got to get at least to the UConn game at 8-1. and one. And I think we we split with UConn and Virginia Tech. That'll really set us up for some good things. Yeah. And we can really start thinking about A-10 play and all that. But let's get through these first two games first. Let's get a very, very comfy, very, very nice win over Coppin State and get the bench involved. And then let's destroy Unfurled's absolutely reviled SUNY Amherst. Let's get them both Uh. done. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for joining us again here on SB Unfurled. And friends, be sure to follow us on Twitter at SB Unfurled, at X. Be sure to also subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, whatever they are. Go ahead, look for us, rate us, give us all the praise, give us all the love. We appreciate it, guys. Thank you all so much again for listening to us. Yeah.